This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, March 14th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. A lot to get into. Let's, of course, start with Ohio State basketball in the NCAA tournament with Selection Sunday being yesterday, Patrick. Buckeyes got the number seven seed, which I tell you what, going into Selection Sunday, I was thinking that was their best case scenario. And they do have a tough first round matchup. Illinois, Chicago, excuse me, Loyola, Chicago, uh, the number 10 seed. Uh, is actually favored by a point. If you go on ESPN's Basketball Power Index, the Buckeyes have a win probability actually higher than Loyola, pretty close, about a 50-50 game. Buckeyes' win probability is 51.5%, so about a 50-50 game. Now, my thing is I was watching the shows last night, and everybody's going out of their way, everybody meeting like Jay Billis, Seth Davis, and oh, what a terrible matchup for Ohio State. I'm looking at the other 10 seeds. It wouldn't have mattered who Ohio State would have played as far as a 10 seed. It was going to be a tough matchup. It was going to be a, about a 50-50 game. Um, your thoughts on this matchup for the Buckeyes and their seed overall? Yeah, I definitely think it, it's an interesting matchup. Um, I did find it surprising that everybody seemed to be picking uh, against Ohio State, or, or at least, as you said, Dave, uh, insinuating that this would be a difficult game. And I think it will be, um, you know, I mean, when, when you're a seven seed, you're not supposed to have an advantage, a huge advantage. That is, um, you know, you didn't earn the right to play what was supposed to be an inf- a severely inferior opponent. But the one thing I will say is there were some people that picked Ohio State to lose last year, but not many. So we know how this works in the NCAA tournament. It's it's about matchups. It's about, you know, showing up and winning on that, that specific day. Obviously, the Buckeyes will play on Friday early afternoon. You know, I, I'm taking a look at this team this morning, looked a little last night. To me, it's it's going to come down to can Ohio State score. Uh, Little Chicago is one of the better defensive teams in the country. They played some high major teams, Michigan State, Auburn, uh, Arizona State, and Vanderbilt throughout the year, and and went two and two in those games. Uh, we're close in all of them, so it's it's a team that can can keep up. They don't have any superstars, and obviously there's there's the name that comes with it, right? This is a team that's made it to a Final Four in recent memory. They made a run last year, even so. As a program, Loyola Chicago is is one that people think of as kind of a Cinderella story, a, a team that can upset some bigger names. So I think that plays into it too. But offensively, their numbers are almost identical to the Buckeyes in terms of points scored this season. The defense is, like I said, the big difference. And I think that's where it's going to come down to. If Ohio State's healthy and you know Kyle Young can be out there you know, doing the kind of plays that he makes along with what we've seen from the Buckeyes – I think they'll be all right in, in terms of scoring points. It's it's just a matter of whether these guys are healthy, whether you can get Zed Key back in there, things like that. I think that's going to be huge, especially down low. Loyal is not a big team. 
if, if Ohio State can dominate in the paint, I think that's where you have your, your best chance. Yeah, so I do want to get into this. I mentioned, like, it, it wouldn't have mattered who they played that was a 10 seed. It was going to be tough. So, like, yeah. Davidson is a 10 seed. They're playing Michigan State. Davidson's a really good team out of the Atlantic 10. They were the A-10 regular season champs and lost in the A-10 championship game, and they probably would have been even a higher seed. Miami of Florida is a 10 seed, and San Francisco making their first appearance in a long, long time. They're a good team. So it didn't matter who they would have played that was a 10 seed. It was going to be a tough matchup. That's why it was people were just falling over themselves to say what a tough matchup this is for Ohio State. And, again, like you said, it is it is a tough matchup, but any of those matchups would have been tough. Um, now, one thing I think that gets lost in the shuffle is how bad Ohio State is defensively this year. Like That's the one thing I did not want them to see play in the first round was a team that was electric offensively. I thought that would have been a terrible matchup for Ohio State. That's why I don't think this is a terrible matchup for Ohio State. Right. All things – you know, all things being considered, when you're a seven seed, it's, you know, it's it's tough sledding no matter what. Ohio State is something like 13th in the country in offensive efficiency and 133rd in the country in defensive efficiency. They are a bad defensive team. You cover the team. You know this. What, break it down for me. Why is Ohio State so bad defensively this year? Well, I mean, especially recently, it started with the guard play. I mean, you just think back to the Penn State game the other day. Uh, and the way that Penn State in the second half was able to attack Ohio State's guards, Jamari Wheeler, who was brought in to be uh, kind of the, the head of the defense um, from Penn State, had a good first half, didn't have a good second half. He hasn't been as good as they expected him to be guarding the ball one-on-one. Um, and then behind him, it's it's just not a ton of defensive guys. You don't have kind of that eraser defensively as a big man. Zed Key has been okay but he's still not your st- stereotypical center, undersized a little bit. He's, he's had some real good games defensively. It just hasn't been consistent enough. EJ Liddell's been good defensively, and, and he's really worked to improve that part of his game, but that's just one guy. You know, Justin Arns isn't out there for his defense, and, and right now he's not giving you much of anything. So I think you just kind of go down the list. They, they just don't have a great group of defensive guys. I think the thought coming into the year was that they would be really good offensively, and they've been good offensively. It just hasn't been sustainable, especially late in the season. So I don't think this team ever expected to be great defensively. Um, I think they realized kind of their limitations of the players, and, and you hope Jamari Wheeler would help elevate that a little bit, and he has at times just not enough. And so I think that's where the problems start is, is you can't defend the perimeter the way that, that a lot of good teams do. Now let's get into the injuries, as you mentioned. I, you know, you cover the team, you're close. You have your sources. If you had to tell Buckeye fans out there whether or not to expect Kyle Young to play in this game, I didn't think Zed Key's going to play. He played against Michigan. You know, didn't play in the Big Ten tournament, but he at least was out there trying to play against Michigan. Rehurt his uh, ankle. I bet you Zed Key will play. Touch on that as well. I could be wrong. Kyle Young's the one I'm most interested in, and I know you don't know for sure, but if you had to bet one way or the other, you think Kyle Young's going to suit up on Friday. It would surprise me if he doesn't, but not a ton. This is we're dealing with a concussion here with Kyle Young, and that's we were talking about this this time last year. He was battling a, a concussion that he suffered in the Big Ten tournament. So this is something that's that's become an issue with him, and obviously something that will potentially this is this is Kyle Young's last um, hurrah here at Ohio State, unless he somehow gets another year. But you know you don't want to mess with with brain issues and things like that when when he's going to move on to do other things. On the same token, he could be playing in his last game if or if he plays. Um, so I think if if he's cleared to go, they're going to get him out there. But, it, I mean, concussions are weird. Things can crop up. Um, but like I said, I would be surprised if he doesn't give it a go. It's been 
well over a week now that he's had to to recuperate. Zed Key, same thing. Like you said, Dave, that ankle um, played against Michigan, tweaked it again, was was on the court. He actually warmed up against or before Penn, the Penn State game. I thought he looked pretty good moving around during warmups, watching him from there. We had real good seats um, on the court at uh, in Indianapolis. So I was surprised, actually, that Zed Key didn't play. I think they thought they could probably get another day out of him resting and still get a win. Obviously, we know that didn't happen. So, yeah, I agree. He should be good to go. Um, the, the other one I'll be interested in, Michi Johnson didn't play against uh, Penn State. He w- suffered an injury in that regular season finale against Michigan, an ankle injury. He warmed up and, and was on the bench. Not that Michi Johnson's contributed a ton for this team, definitely not what people expected, but that's just another body. You know, you look at the, the end of that game. If, if he's maybe out there instead of Cedric Russell trying to defend, not as tired, Maybe you're able to pull that one out. Maybe he hits, you know, we've seen him hit some big shots before. So that's a guy that, you know, likes the big moment, maybe could get an opportunity if he's 100%. And I think he will be too after not playing against Penn State. Patrick, there's um, a lot of legitimate excuses. I mean, they go into this season, they thought Justice Suing was going to be kind of that point forward, you know, and he's out for pretty much the entire year. Kyle Young's been in and out. He's the glue guy. Um, And I know Buckeye fans don't want to hear excuses, but I I wanted to lay that out first. There is some legit excuses where they didn't have the team that they thought they, and every team deals with injuries. I get that, but you lose justice suing for the entire year. Other guys banged up, but we are in year five of the Chris Holtman um, experience. Um, Buckeye fans I know are frustrated. Now maybe they, a week from now, they won't be frustrated. Maybe they'll beat Loyola Chicago and then uh, upset Villanova and everybody will be happy. Um, but year five, a lot of Buckeye fans are frustrated. What would you say to Buckeye fans that are frustrated? That this, this is the product in year five of Chris Holtman. Well, I've been saying this all week or all weekend. A uh, number of number of friends of mine wanted to talk about these, the, the Penn State game and stuff over the weekend. Yeah. Look, I get it. Uh, I, I understand the frustration. I mean, you know, we had to watch these basketball games up close the last few weeks, and it certainly hasn't been good enough. You point out the 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 lack of, or the the reasons. I think is the, the word you use, Dave. And I think there's some some valuable information there fact that they didn't have the guys they thought they would. Dwayne Washington's a guy that I always throw out there that until late in the summer they thought was going to be coming back and, and be the leading scorer with EJ Liddell for this team. But you've had what you've had for a whole season now, and I think that's pretty clear. Now, this team was on track to contend for the Big Ten title just a couple weeks ago. Before that loss to Maryland, they were right in the thick of things to at least get a share of the Big Ten regular season title. And then obviously what we know what happened. Things fell fell apart. Um, lose three of their last four, and then obviously lose in the Big Ten tournament. So Buckeye fans have every right to be frustrated. I think you have to understand what's going on with this team and why the the, the kind of collapse here late in the season. I think it's a little different than some of the other years. But I, I, I completely understand Buckeye fans being frustrated, frustrated with Chris Holtman. Uh, as you said, Dave, year five, and, and they haven't made it out of the first weekend. So it's going to be tough, but it's there's a possibility. Like you said, you never know what happens in these tournament games. They get on a run, get to that second weekend. I think you probably all of a sudden feel very different about kind of how this program ends the year. And to be fair, he had his third year. They were peaking at the right time going into the tournament. Then the tournament was wiped off the books. So now and um, and last year's Big Ten tournament run, which I think people forget because they lost in the in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But that was overachieving for sure by the Buckeyes to get to the to the game force overtime against Illinois. So. There have been some positives in March. There's just been more negatives. 
Yeah, and nobody got screwed more than Dayton Flyer fans in that, 20, that 2020 season. They were the number one overall seed the tournament would have been. And then the tournament gets wiped off. Dayton was undefeated. Um, but still, Ohio State, I remember, I think it was USA Today or somebody did like a, you know, like a projection and had Ohio State winning the national championship that year. So who knows what would have happened, you know, a couple years ago. But right now, Chris Holtman's never made it to a Sweet 16. He's had this will be his fourth chance because we really can't call it five chances since 2020 was wiped off. All right. We've had some questions. What about football? Let's talk some football. You ready for some football? I'm yes. ready for some football. Now, for those that are wondering, the Buckeyes are off this week. Interesting spring schedule, how they do it. They have the two practices the first week, then they take a week off for spring break, then they come back with the remaining 12 practices, then the spring game. So 15 practices in all, including the spring game. So they go two, one week, take a week off, then the next, you know, 12 slash 13, um, the next three to four weeks. Um other than the Harry Miller stuff, which is obviously the biggest news to come out of there. My heart just goes out to him. We talked about this on Friday's show. I think Jay Book said it great. You just read that. You just wanted to give the guy a hug. I mean, just feel terrible for him. Other than the unfortunate Harry Miller news, um, what kind of stood out to you the most from the first week of spring ball? Well, I wish we would have gotten to see a little bit more because um, I feel like we would have provided a bit more insight. We did see the first three periods of practice the first day, last Tuesday, so that was nice, but uh, we'll get to see more as we go along here. But just in talking to coaches, talking to players, uh, you know, the defense is obviously the the area that everyone's most concerned about. I think you'd say. I just I'm really interested to see what this looks like. We've heard from Jim Knowles a couple times now, kind of his vision for the defense. Um, we still don't know kind of what what players will fit into certain roles. We have ideas, so you know, I'm I'm just interested to continue to talk to him as we talked about last week, Dave. You can see why he has had success coaching defenses. You know, when you asked him about tackling and he stands up from the the podium that he's sitting at and is demonstrating on the microphone on how he wants guys to tackle and positioning and and just the energy that he brings. I think you'll see that reflected throughout the spring, but but into the fall, too. You know, just kind of a freshness to this defense, a new philosophy. So I think that's huge on the offensive side of the ball. It's it's interesting to talk to guys like. Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Travion Henderson, you know, guys that are coming back that had good seasons that could do some really scary things if you're an opponent this upcoming year. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, without sounding conf- cocky, is is very confident. He's excited to be moving around this year on the offensive side of the ball. Travion Henderson, uh, you know, was talking about what he can accomplish as a second-year player. Weird to say that because, you know, over a thousand yards last year, but but just a second year player, he's going to be around for a while. So obviously we will get a chance to talk to CJ Stroud and some of the quarterbacks. And I think that backup quarterback position is going to be very interesting, go, given what it's going to mean going forward. But um, yeah, I think right now it's it's still kind of just a, a general we're, we're still learning about this team in general. And as we, we dive more into the weeds, see some more practices, talk to more positions groups we'll get a better sense of, of what needs to be accomplished, what's getting accomplished this spring. We had a question from Sue, wanted to know if we're going to get a chance to interview some of the coaches next week. Um, are we getting any – I know we're not getting any position coaches till the end of spring. Usually we'll get some uh, position coaches the day that their guys are getting interviewed. So last week we interviewed the wide receivers and running backs on Thursday. Typically we would have got Tony Alford and Brian Hartline those days, but we did not. We are going to get the assistant coaches after spring. So Sue wants to know. I don't know if you've seen this. I have not looked ahead to the schedule. Are we getting any of the – I know we're getting Ryan, Ryan Day next week. Are we getting any of the coordinators next week? Yeah, I believe we're getting Kevin Wilson and Jim Knowles again. 
Um, I think we get them multiple times throughout spring. I'd have to pull the schedule up here. I don't have it in front of me, but we definitely talked to to the two coordinator or yeah, the two coordinators and Ryan Day multiple times throughout spring. And as you said, end of spring, we'll get the the position coaches, which I think actually makes it interesting. You know, when you talk to some of these guys early on in spring and you don't get a chance to talk to them again, will you learn some things about the positions throughout the spring and, and then you don't have an opportunity. So I think now we'll, we'll have a full spring. We'll see the spring game and then we'll be able to talk to some of these coordinators or these position coaches. Sorry. And uh, that that'll, I think, enable us to ask some better questions, get some more information out of them. I do. I do want to address this. Isaiah makes a good point. I think sometimes maybe, um, you know, it can't come across that, that we make excuses for the coaches. Then again, some people tell me that I'm too hard. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm playing it right. Some people say I'm too hard on the coaches. Some people say I'm, too easy. So maybe, maybe we're playing it right. I don't know. That's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, another question I want to get to here. Ed wants to know, will the offensive line be better than last year? Yes, it will yeah. be. They're going to have guards playing guards. They're going to have uh, Paris Johnson at left tackle. I really like this offensive line. I think Donovan Jackson's a, a player really on the rise there at right guard. I think Dewan Jones going to have a big year uh, as a fourth-year guy at right tackle. Um, love Matt Jones. I thought he's played really well the last couple of years. I'm glad he's going to be a full-time starter. Luke Whipler is a second-year guy there at center. Yes, I think the offensive line is going to be better. What are your th- And nothing against Nick Petit-Ferrer, who I think is going to be a very good NFL player. And Thayer Mumford's going to have a long NFL career, so you're losing two good guys. But I think as a whole, this offensive line is going to be better. I agree. I think last year the, the experiment to get what they said were the best five on the field worked fine for, for throwing the ball over the place. But running the ball, short yardage situations, things like that, they, they weren't – as dominant as they should be. I really like what Justin Fry has done in the past, what we've heard from him, the new offensive line coach who came from UCLA, uh, accomplished a lot at UCLA without having the same talent level he does now as as a Buckeye offensive line coach. So, yeah, I think they'll be be greatly improved. Um, You know, the guys you mentioned, other than Donovan Jackson that that are returning, all have a lot of experience. So I think it'll be a good group for the Buckeyes, both passing the ball, throwing the ball, or passing the ball, running the ball, um, I think there'll be a more balanced attack and, and a prolific one. Apologize for my voice today. I'm still kind of getting over the COVID. Uh, I had Patrick on the show and he had COVID a couple months ago. Now we're doing it when I have COVID, but spreading it around pretty. Uh, hopefully nobody's getting, hopefully uh, nobody's, I'm not like being contagious to anybody who is watching the live stream right now. I think that probably would be impossible, but uh, anyway, I uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, if you missed the show, part of the show, you can go back and watch the whole thing. I uh, really appreciate you guys joining us for this edition of the Bucknuts Morning 5. Thank you very much to Patrick Murphy. Again, thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. If you like the show, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff. It really helps, and we appreciate it. Thanks again. Hope everyone has a great day. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.